world is going to transform so completely, we think, during the next five to ten years because of these five platforms evolving at the same time that you're not going to recognize it. When I was trying to explain to someone why I needed to start ARC 10 years ago, and this was someone not in our business, he ended up saying to me, so, okay, so you mean that the future of investing is investing in the future? And I said, precisely, precisely. It's a bit cheeky perhaps, but it is true. Hello and welcome to another episode of Opto Sessions. I have the great pleasure of welcoming Kathy Wood onto the show, CEO of Ark Invest. How are you today, Kathy? I'm great, Ed. How are you? Very good, very good. Very excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you. Are you calling from your New York office? Is that headquarters? St. Petersburg, Florida. We moved. Oh, wow. Yeah, I lived in uh, and worked in New York for 40 years and two years ago said, um, uh, into the future. And yeah, okay. Florida, yeah. It's the sunshine state, is that right? Yeah. Yes, it is. So yeah, today we're here to discuss the future of disruptive innovation. So I thought a good place to start uh, was just if you could describe the significance of the exponential age and the convergence of these multiple innovative technologies uh, that are creating the potential for super exponential growth. Sure. Uh, it is pretty exciting. And uh, we just put out uh, Big Ideas 2024, which starts with this idea of convergence. And we think uh, what's going to shock people in the years ahead is that uh, the technologies that really they, the seeds for all of them were planted in the 20 years that ended in the tech and telecom bubble. So those were the seeds. They've been germinating ever since. And now they're ready to blossom. They're ready for prime time. And it's not just one or two seeds, which has been the history of innovation, like the transistor and the internet and so forth. It's five, five major platforms involving 14 different technologies. So multi-omic sequencing in the life science space, robotics, energy storage, artificial intelligence, and blockchain technology. So each of them is evolving, ready for prime time, ready to scale at growth rates that, depending on the technology, are anywhere from 20% to 50% per year. Uh, AI is a big catalyst here, and that's how we get to convergence. Each of these technologies leads to exponential growth, so sustained growth at a very strong rate. But think about the convergence of these technologies, these five major platforms. What you have is all of these S-curves feeding each other, which we think is going to create super exponential growth. And what that means, and what will be so unexpected here, is that already strong growth rates will accelerate and we think create uh, massive productivity gains and opportunities for wealth creation. And where, where exactly are the productivity gains coming from specifically? Well, uh, artificial intelligence is a huge part uh, of this. In fact, it, it is catalyzing the other technologies and uh, accelerating them all. Um, the biggest increase in productivity is in knowledge workers. Uh, we think there will be a f at least a fourfold increase, probably more, during the next uh, six, seven years. Um, and knowledge workers account for $13 trillion in wages and salaries. 
so think about that. The productivity one person can do, you know, four times more than he or she was able to do, you know, a few years ago. Uh, we're already seeing this with coders. Coders, their productivity already uh, at this very early stage is up anywhere from 50 to 100 percent. Yeah, it's fascinating because we work in technology as well. So we can we can see how it's affecting the coders here and how much more they can do. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but how, how will this affect equity markets in the end? And how does it how does this impact it? Well, uh Technologies are inherently deflationary, and but this is good deflation. Uh, they submit to learning curves, which uh, we can measure in terms of costs, costs coming down, and that's passed along in terms of prices. So this is good deflation, uh, and it usually causes booms in unit growth. Unit growth. So all of those five platforms, uh, we're going to see massive growth coming out of those. On the other side of that is going to be creative destruction. Uh, and what is that? It's uh, really the disintermediation or the disruption of the traditional world order, which is really interesting because many investors now feel very comfortable in these large, broad-based indices, indexes like MSCI World or S&P 500 or NASDAQ. Uh, but we think there's going to be a lot of disruption there and to the economy. So it'll feel a little chaotic. The sectors that are ripe for disruption include the entire transportation sector as we go to autonomous mobility, uh, all of financial services as we move into blockchain technology, which is simply the Internet financial system. It's the layer of the Internet that developers forgot to put in in the early 90s. So here it is. It's happening finally. And it's going to upend traditional uh, financial services. Energy uh, with battery technology um, evolving as rapidly as it is and ele the electrification of transportation. We think oil, oil demand is, it has probably peaked and is on its way down. Uh, so and um, in the uh, industrial world, we're going to see a massive increase in productivity because of robotics. We're getting to the point with robotics um, that uh, and humanoid robotics that a lot of the dangerous and really very boring jobs are going to be taken over by humanoid robots. And 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 the sophistication that we're seeing there, again, thanks to AI is is remarkable just yeah. remarkable so if we can if you could touch on the themes you think are going to benefit the most from ai you'd say robotics autonomous vehicles things like, like this yes yes so uh it's again the platforms coming together a lot of convergence here so uh robo taxis or autonomous taxi platforms are probably going to see the biggest revenue burst uh, because of the convergence of uh, three technologies, three of the platforms, robotics, uh, autonomous vehicles are robots, energy storage, they will be electric, AI, they'll be powered by AI, and the safety of our roads is going to increase markedly because 80 to 90% of all accidents are caused by human error. So let's take the human being out. And um, coming back to the autonomous taxis, uh, 
I think you've said the revenue opportunity there is eight to 10 trillion over the next five to 10 years, which, you know, many people are confounded with because it's uh, probably, I think it's the most impact on GDP of any innovation in our history. So yes. could you explain a bit more about how, how that's come, come to be and how, how that big the opportunity is there? Sure. And, uh, you know, the, so that eight to $10 trillion in revenues is in the next five to 10 years and it's global. Uh, if you break out the parts, the most valuable part of that ecosystem is going to be the platform provider. So we think Tesla, for example, will be a platform provider. It uh, will run the, it'll be responsible for running the uh, autonomous fleet and people will lease their Teslas and, you know, uh, leverage off of the, off of Tesla's platform. So it's a, a win-win. It's a SaaS model. It's a software as a so- service model. So many people think that Tesla's gross margins will be lucky to get to 25 or 30%. A SaaS model is an 80 to 90% gross margin business. So that's where the big surprise is going to be in Tesla. It's not a low margin company. It's going to be. <clears throat> A software company effectively. So all the, a percentage of the people that own Teslas will sign up to this Tesla software that will allow them to offer their car out for people to, to sort of rent. Yes. And, and, uh, many Teslas are already equipped with the software that will be upgraded over time. And so yes, go to work, let your car out, let it do pick up uh, and, and drop off people earn money while you're at work and then it'll be there for you when you come out of work. Yeah. I mean, that sounds good to me. <laughs> um, coming back to, you touched on the uh, Magnificent Seven and them sort of losing their dominance a little bit potentially in the future, which is particularly relevant as of today, because they seem to never stop going up. Um, yes. how, how do you think these small caps leveraging AI, et cetera, could disrupt their, their business models? You've mentioned how there might be a next phase of AI Initially, the winners were the semiconductor companies and things like this. And who might be the next companies to sort of take their place and take us through the next phase? Sure. Well, the, if you look at the history of the stock market, the top 10 at the end of one decade typically are not the top 10 at the end of one or two decades. Uh, and we know that, um, there's a lot of, uh, There are a lot of high expectations baked into the Magnificent Seven. Now, Tesla is one of them. We don't think the expectations in Tesla are overdone at all. In fact, most people are not giving them any credit for autonomous. So that one aside. But AI, if you think about what it will do, it is going to disintermediate uh, data aggregators uh, in this way. So Google search, for example, or Amazon. We go there when we're searching for products uh, on, on both of them, but that's a centralized place and they have a lot of control. Uh, what if we have our little uh, AI assistant uh, go out and we want a, a, a new pair of sneakers, let's say, uh, and we want the, we want this brand, but we want the least expensive pair out there, cheapest shipping costs uh, that can be delivered within a day. Well, an AI assistant can go to all the websites around the world and find that pretty quickly. 
And so you don't need to search, which by the way, I, I hate searching. And you don't, you don't need to go to Amazon centralized network. Now, it doesn't mean these are going to be destroyed. Actually, we worry more about Google or Alphabet than we do about Amazon. Um, and, and the other thing that's going to disintermediate maybe Amazon and give more power to some social networks like meta platforms is social commerce. Amazon is not a social site. But Facebook uh, or Meta Platforms has Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, and it can monetize all of those. Uh, and and probably because uh, Meta Platforms is doing so much in AI, they're putting out their open source models. They're really helping to power the ecosystem. Um, we think they're in a very good place to uh, to be the beneficiary of the shift towards social commerce. And are there any smaller AI companies in particular you think could be the ones to watch over the next five to 10 years? Yes, we have a venture fund. And one of the first names we put in there uh, was Mosaic, uh, which uh, helps to fine tune smaller models. Um, Databricks just bought it. So now we own Databricks, but we think and that's in the private uh, world. And we think that's a powerhouse. Um, when we think of smaller AI names that will benefit from uh, AI, uh, that's how, that's the lens we're applying to every stock as we put it into the portfolio. And so uh, UiPath, which uh, you may know of, and it's the robotic process automation, doing all the mundane work process flows and just, you know, making them much more efficient. Um they are taking all of these open source models out there uh, for free and they're fine tuning them with their own specialized models. And, and because only they have this data, they, they have been collecting workflow data from large and small organizations for years. So they, they, they understood this was going to be important data. Most people thought it was throwaway data. They thought it was going to be important data. So they're activating it and creating a really powerful company. So the four things we look for in a company and almost every company in our portfolio has these four things. Deep domain expertise, because these new technologies are very complicated and you have to spend a lot of time understanding them. Two, AI expertise. Take this seriously. It is the biggest catalyst. Uh, and will speed up whatever you were thinking uh, your uh, your business would do going forward. Distribution, having good global footprint, either through partnerships or outright. And then the most important thing is what I just said, that proprietary data that no one else has. So I'll flip back to Tesla for one sec. Tesla has more real world driving data, orders of magnitude, many orders of magnitude, real world driving data out there than anyone else. Why? Because it has five to six million robots out on the road today, collecting that data and sending it back every day. I have two of them, a Model Y and a Model 3. So um, it's uh, it's a very powerful model, but though that data, that data is what companies, that's the secret sauce here. Yeah. And it's also a really interesting time for blockchain and Bitcoin, yes. uh, which I know, you know, is big arc as well. Obviously, yeah, important milestone because it's the start of a uh, history of a new asset class being created. Um, in parallel to this, Bitcoin's perception as a risk on asset is, is sort of shifting 
can you give a sense of how that narrative is changing and, and what's what's ahead for Bitcoin? In sure. Yeah, a big wake-up call for the financial world in terms of Bitcoin was during the regional bank crisis last year as the KRE, which is the regional bank index here in the United States, was absolutely imploding uh, when Silicon Valley Bank and others went under. Bitcoin increased 40%. And, you know, many people who just refused to look at Bitcoin said, wait a minute, what? There's nothing like price action in a bad market, good price action in a bad market to um, elicit the interest of investors who were poo-pooers before. And so that's what happened because for the first time, Bitcoin became a risk-off asset in their eyes. They had only thought of it as a risk-on asset, very volatile, does well in bull markets. But this was a very loud signal. And uh, I think the SEC signal, the green light with the with the ETFs, our spot uh, ETF, ARKB, is one of them, uh, did get more and more people thinking about what you said, Ed. This is a new asset class. So advisor community, you may not like it inherently, um, but you must take a point of view and tell your clients why you're not including it. Because the history of new asset classes is that when you put uh, an allocation into one of these new asset classes uh, into your existing portfolio, the return per unit of risk goes up because of the diversification and the low correlation to other assets. And so a lot more advisors and and investors are taking it seriously now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... It's a stamp of credibility that's sort of positioned as something you can't ignore anymore. So, well, even though Chairman Gensler was, you know, pulled kicking and screaming to the altar, yeah. you know, he, he actually did it. Finally got there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I just had a question about Coinbase uh, yeah. because the ETFs going live obviously uh, mean that there's a potential for some of the revenues of Coinbase to go into the ETFs rather than through as fees for Coinbase, which is its primary revenue channel. Do you see that affecting Coinbase long-term or or do you think there are other areas where it will succeed? Yeah, we had already always assumed that the spreads, especially in the retail sector, which were very high for for Coinbase, were going to come down dramatically because of the Bitcoin ETFs. We didn't know how low the fees would be on the Bitcoin ETFs, but... um, Nonetheless, that assumption is correct. Uh, anything that um, gets more investors involved in the ecosystem is important. The ETFs are a stepping stone for people who want to uh, just get a toehold in. But as they learn more and more about Bitcoin, there many will use uh, this as a bridge into establishing their own wallets, yeah. uh, which would be very helpful to Coinbase so that they can participate more in other decentralized financial services. So we think this is going to be a feeder for Coinbase. Sure, it, there, there could be some revenue hits uh, in some ways, but uh, the approval of the ETFs, we think, will, um, w- will, will be a powerful boost longer term to pricing of all of these assets, yeah, which okay. will be very good for Coinbase. Okay. Yeah, so it brings the whole sector up and Coinbase mm-hmm. be brought with it. So we obviously talked about a number of disruptive themes today. 
from AI to autonomous vehicles and, and blockchain. Um, how can you cap- how do you capture these opportunities in, in your ETF products that are? Yeah, well, you know, one thing uh, we've set up our uh, research department so that our analyst responsibilities are organized by technologies. Uh, so they're tech specialists, sector generalists. So our portfolios, all of them, are uh, much better diversified plays on disruptive innovation than you would get in sector tech funds. And one of the reasons is something you didn't mention, which is the multiomic sequencing, which is going to transform healthcare as sequencing and artificial intelligence converge with CRISPR gene editing to actually cure disease. So uh, our, our ARKK um, is our flagship strategy uh, and it will be soon, we hope with regulatory approval in Europe, be heading for Europe as well. Uh, with our partner, ARC Europe. Uh, so excited about that. And then we have more specialized portfolios. One is the next generation internet, which is focused on AI and blockchain technology heavily. Um, one is the multi-omic sequencing revolution, or I think we still call it the genomic revolution. We have to change the title there, but uh, that's ARKG. Uh, uh, the, uh, the autonomous technology and robotics portfolio. So that's autonomous taxi platforms, robotics, uh, uh, and 3D printing. That's, uh, ARKQ. Fintech, which is importantly crypto and, and blockchain technology is an important subset. It may absolutely take it over long term, but it's, right now it's a subset of uh, our fintech portfolio, ARKF. I think I don't didn't uh, uh, give you the ticker for ARKW, uh, which is the next generation internet. So, um, and then we have ARKX, which is even more out there in outer space. That's our space for, uh, portfolio. Wow. Yeah, we'll, we'll put all the, these in our notes for the show if people want to go see them. Um, and then lastly, just to wrap up, Kathy, what, what differentiates ARK from other alternatives out there? Well, I think in terms of the public equity markets, um, we are the closest you'll find to a venture fund in the public markets. Uh, and that's because our portfolios don't look anything like the broad-based index indices. In fact, the overlap is 5%, maybe 8% at tops. So you've got 92% diversified exposure to truly disruptive innovation, whereas the big broad-based benchmarks really are um, are made up of companies that have been very successful historically, but may be disrupted. So we are a very good hedge against the possibility of that. So many use a, our, our strategies as a hedge against the disruption elsewhere in their portfolios. And others just allocate to us because they know from their own lives that we're talking about the way the world is going to work, not the way the world has worked. Um, and just to, to close that off, uh, when I was trying to explain to someone why I needed to start ARC 10 years ago, and this was someone not in our business, um, he ended up uh, saying to me, so, okay, so you mean that the future of investing is investing in the future? And I said, precisely, precisely. Uh, so it's a bit cheeky perhaps, but um, 
it is true. Yeah. Well, Kathy, thank you so much. Uh, it's really been an absolute pleasure to, to speak to you today. Thank you, Ed. Um, My pleasure. And is there anything else you want to leave the audience with before we, we go? Yes, we give away our research. You can find it online at arc-invest.com. Uh, look for our big ideas, 2024. It's chock full of original first principles-based research. And what I say to most people, not just investors, is you need to know about this, this kind of research and you need to familiarize yourself, not just because of your investments, but because of your life. Uh, the world is going to transform so completely, we think, during the next five to 10 years because of these five platforms evolving at the same time that you're not going to recognize it. So if you're, if you want to guide your children or your grandchildren to the right side of change, take a look at this research, show them this research and, um, get on the right side of change. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It is exciting. Yes. It seems like it's going to be the most exciting time well, in history, <laughs> in history, in history, in history. Uh, you have to go back to the early 1900s to even get a sense of this. That yeah. was telephone electricity and internal combustion engine. This is much bigger than that. Well, thanks, Kathy. Thanks again. And have a great day. My pleasure. You too. Thank you, Ed.